Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! I pull a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! <laughs> oh, this is where the power episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and joining me once again is my good brother from the Fight Game Podcast. It's John LaRocca. How's it going, man? It is going good. Was this, what, we did like three weeks in a row, then we're <laughs> off a week now. It feels like a long time, man. It feels like too long. I'm glad to be back on In The Click Podcast to talk some wrestling some nwa talk i mean yeah dude I'm, cool. I'm i'm super excited which by the way uh i just want to give a shout out i wore this shirt on purpose i'm wearing from uh pro wrestling tees my stone cold steve austin uh king of attitude shirt it's uh it's the face of him bleeding against bret hart which is the anniversary today where uh he uh took on bret hart at wrestlemania 13 i just want to double check i don't want to screw up because anyone wrestlemania 13 and i, I I just covered that with um, Gary Gonzalez for the Fight Game Podcast Patreon for our 1997 Raw review. So we watched a little WrestleMania 13. Nice. And the Raw afterwards, the the, the you know, not, before it was the fame, you know, the Raw after Mania when it became such a big deal. Yeah. This time around, it was famous for this year. Um, it was famous for the, the the famous Bret Hart heel turn promo. So that was, yeah, we yeah, lived that again. So. But yeah, great match. One of the, probably the all-time great WrestleMania match in history. Bret Hart versus Steve Austin, and uh, we you know changed business, right? Changed at least you know created Stone Cold Steve Austin to be the superstar he is you know today. So. Absolutely. So yeah, it was uh, uh, March twenty third, nineteen ninety seven. God, twenty four years ago now, out in uh, Illinois, Rosemont, Illinois. Um, so right outside what Chicago, I'm guessing. But yeah, that match. I just remember, yeah, just it, it was a double turn. I mean. Uh, ultimately, um, let's see, I'm just looking at Twitter real quick. So, yeah, Stone Cold tweeted this morning some highlights from that match, and he said, this match made Stone Cold. Bret Hart is one of the all-time goats. Hell, yeah. So yeah, it's just cool. Yeah. Stone Cold acknowledges it and just gives thanks to Bret Hart for help making him that night. So, uh, oh, God, just watching these highlights again, man. It's just the storytelling in these highlights. I'm like, oh, my God, it's just like the emotion and just the hard hitting and uh you know Bret Hart doing the the figure four on the ring post outside oh just and then the blood and Ken Shamrock as the the special referee that night uh oh, such such good memories there but uh what's that a whole nother world it feels like like wow man they had wrestling then <laughs> you know like I mean, there's some good wrestling now I don't want to <laughs> modern wrestling today but like I mean that's some that's some that's some elite level stuff there that Bret Hart you know Steve Austin up there with my favorite one of my favorite matches is my all-time favorite matches Ric Flair Terry Funk the I quit match from Clash Champions 9 just because if I just felt like those guys hated each other and they wanted yeah. to beat each other same thing with this match here like right off the bat they you know Bret Hart and Steve Austin just start going at it and it's all around the building and blah 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 and I don't know God, it's just it's beautiful professional wrestling. I, I, you said it perfectly, man. I just like I said, watching those clips back today, just getting all nostalgic and like you know being a kid and watching that, and just uh, yeah, the double turn and Stone Cold passing out with the blood running down his face, and just really became more of the tweener and really you know making the turn to babyface and. Uh, you know, I mean, honestly, I was thinking, uh, <laughs> I didn't tell you this off the air, but an idea I had, I know, like, I'm always trying to think of like bonus episodes. If I ever want to do like a Patreon or something, like I want, I was thinking about, um, I think I told you this before doing like reviews of the ruthless, ruthless aggression era. 
uh i was i and maybe like doing reviews of like the old takeovers i didn't see every nxt takeover so maybe go back and watch some of the old ones uh but another one and i was kind of inspired by uh uh the jabronis podcast uh, the guys over at uh the t- uh, two jabronis podcast on the blue wire network um you know they do a, a special podcast about the rock i was like maybe i should just do like a stone cold one and just go back and rewatch his classic matches and review those and just relive my childhood again so i don't know just a bunch of random ideas in my head so that's something go back even further to like usw waivers chris adams yeah running wcw and see his growth there um i mean i i love steve austin i've I just watched we used to get usw out here in the bay area on like some freaking uhf channel really and so i got to see a lot of the steve austin chris adams you know Steve Austin, Jeannie, Jeannie Clark, Chris Adams' former wife, and that was Steve Austin versus Chris Adams and Tony Adams, who I had a big crush on as a kid. <laughs> and, you know, rest in peace. She's, she's unfortunately passed away yeah. like years ago. But um, she, uh, you know, that few was so good. And then I was like, because he's like this this hot young rookie. <laughs> and then he won, like, back when I used to care about the stuff, like PWI Rookie of the Year. He won Rookie of the Year. And I'm like, oh, man. And then, like, and then he got goes to WCW. I'm like, we never get anyone. Like, yeah, I was a big WCW guy. But we never get the hot young stars, right? They always go to WWF. And and so when he went to WCW, I was so so I was like, I feel like he's like one of those guys you feel like, you know, you see a guy in the minor leagues, and you're like, he's gonna be a star and you follow his whole career. It's kinda like I feel with Stone Cold. So I always okay. have a special place in my heart for for Steve Austin. And, nice. Awesome. US, US title run WCW, man, I was hooked. I you know, I, I used to like grow my goatee out like him i was like such a big nut you know and awesome and he's he still is awesome he's great he's a great dude yeah and then uh i can't wait to see his a and e uh biography episode i saw like uh the teaser for it on youtube the other day and that's coming i think in april so it's weird like wwe network or i guess now peacock uh they have the um the icon series you know we talked about yokozuna the next one is i think it'd be beth phoenix i i gotta double check um so that's one documentary series on different wwe superstars in the past legends and then a and e is doing another set of like biographies on a different set of wrestlers stone cold i think booker t so it's interesting like it, it, you know, it's almost like on paper, it just seems like the same thing, but it's just different names and different under different umbrellas. So, I mean, it's all over the place. There's so much just content and I still got to catch. Do for A&E, like I know that's cool. Steve Austin, Booker T, like these like, like legendary names and stuff, but like throw in a Roman Reigns documentary about his his life and struggles, you know, with his illness and mm-hmm. fighting back from it. And like, because he's a current star, it may be someone that, not a wrestling fan decides to watch you know that documentary on Roman Reigns. Is like, wow, this guy's pretty inspiring. I want to. He's still wrestling. I want. I'll, I'll tune into that Fox show on. Uh, you know, watch Roman Reigns. I don't know. It's kind of draw some new fans instead of just older fans. But yeah, absolutely. No, I, I'm with you. It's it's uh, um, mix it up. I mean, some of the the yeah newer talent, and then that way you watch it and you kind of come a little more invested and know their backstory. So when you see them on TV, like. Oh yeah, I know they did this and that, and that's how maybe you can kind of build up more of the the current talent's bigger stars and stuff like that. So I'm with you, man. No, it's uh, uh, no. Anyway, I just like I said, when Stone Cold was tweeting that stuff out today, I was like, what? Oh, that's so cool. And just like I said, wrote down memory lane for me. It's good stuff. But uh, uh, but yeah, here we are back at it. So much to talk about in uh, pro wrestling once again this week. So. Uh, 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 you and I were super excited. It was the official return of the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, Billy Corgan's version of it after, uh, yeah, over a year, almost a year of, uh, being on hiatus, obviously with the pandemic and stuff. And we've talked about that many times. Billy Corgan was like, Hey, listen, we're a studio show and we, we rely on the audience. So we're not going to have an audience in house right now. We're going to be safe. They finally announced that they're going to come back and, uh, so they had their first big pay-per-view this weekend on Sunday, which at first, when I saw they announced NWA back for the attack, I was like, oh, okay. And I looked, I, I casually looked at the date. I was like, oh, cool. It's going to be on Saturday. And then I looked closely. I was like, oh, it's Sunday. And I was like, it's the same day as Fastlane. What? And I looked at the time. I was like, oh, 
it's like three hours beforehand. I was like, oh, okay, good. All right, smart move on their part. If it's going to be the same day as a WWE pay-per-view, at least it's going to be earlier in the day. But then I talked to my brother and was like, oh, man, this is going to be an actual long day of two shows back to back. But so all day Sunday, we were just watching wrestling. So, um, so yeah, back for the attack. It was on Fight TV. It was announced. NWA has like this new partnership with Fight TV. And we'll, we'll get more into that in regards to power and stuff. Uh, but yeah, John, just kind of your initial thoughts for back for the attack, the pay-per-view. We'll kind of uh, go through the card real quick and some of the other things, observations we had. But yeah, just overall takeaways from the show. I thought overall it was a fun two-hour watch. Um, like you, I thought like it was a Saturday night. And I was thinking like, wrestling's out there to watch and i saw that they had you know a, you know pay-per-view come in and i was thinking about it and my buddy brian was you know in on it too so we're like yeah let's just let's get then i was like i told him i guess like, yeah, i told him saturday as well <laughs> and he's like oh okay cool Raquel. and then i was like wait a second it's not because i was i was gonna check the time again make sure i had it correctly i was like oh shoot sunday so mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of threw my kind of threw me off a little bit but you know I kind of watched. I kind of broke it up and watched it here and there. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. All, all in all, I thought it was a really good professional show. Um, NWA. It was a, a majority of the guys were experienced guys, which made the pro, you know, in ring work really good. Um, you had, um, you know, the guys also have been on. These guys have worked in front, of, you know, national on national television in front of buildings, so they they know what to do. So it was refreshing to see some just good. You know, professional wrestling on the show. Yeah, absolutely. So they filmed the same studio that they've been doing power all of what in the 2019, early 2020. So I was like, okay, cool. They're back at the same studio in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And um, they didn't really, I mean, for obvious reasons, they didn't really use the camera to go pan where would be the seats for the audience. But like a couple times they did, the camera did have to go over there because that's where the wrestlers were going. And I noticed, um, Wherever seats, I guess it's like bleachers. I'm guessing like a, like a, like it's like a high school gym where yeah. you pull the bleachers out so it looks like they're all pushed in. And there were some people sitting there with masks on. So I don't know if that's crew or just select people that were there. They were making some noise, just, so it's not complete dead silence. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, Joe Galley back on doing commentary. Most recently, before Power went on hiatus, it was uh, Stu Bennett, aka Wade uh, Wade Barrett. Uh, uh, um, as the color commentator, obviously before that was Jim Cornette. Uh, so obviously, uh, Wade Barrett is back with, uh, WWE doing commentary for NXT. So big question was like, who's going to be, uh, uh, his commentary partner, color commentary. And it was Tim Storm. So, uh, how'd you think Tim Storm did, uh, his first time doing commentary? I think Tim Storm did a great job actually yeah. as a color, as color commentary, you know, he has some history with some of the guys and former NWA champion. So, and he, you know, he he's really good at even covering up some moves that they did and strategy. You know, I thought he did really well. I I liked it when it was just Galley and Storm. But when I mean, even though Austin Idol, I love Austin Idol. I mean, Chris what a great promo, and just I love Memphis wrestling. Yeah, but like I thought he, that main event, he he kind of took over a little bit in that main event, and you know, Tim Storm was kind of like. Third wheel, and then uh, on power you had Velvet Sky out there, who kind of you know. (laughs) (laughs) Going forward, I just want to say to Billy Corgan and WA, just just keep it Galley and Storm. I think you have a good crew there. Kiss, keep it simple, stupid. That's what (laughs) that's that's our motto at work. Keep it simple. Uh, No, yeah, Tim Storm. I, I think. I don't know what his long-term plans for as wrestling still. I mean, we all know he's an older guy, so maybe this is a way of transitioning out of wrestling and, um, you know, doing commentary. And so uh, it's, uh, I was like, okay, I think that's a good spot for him. And then uh, um, also, I, I think it's good for him to stay in the public eye. And I think he earned a place on the commentary team just because he was champion. He was with the NWA, the face of the NWA for those years when they were kind of really out of the public eye and uh, Tommy's infiltrating the podcast. Did you want to sit down? He wants to hear because so Tommy was with me watching NWA as well. So, uh, so, um, uh, um, 
uh, but anyway, so what I'm saying for Tim Storm, I always had respect for him because he was trying to, I think, the face of the company and holding it together when they were, like I said, not as popular, not in the public eye in those years when he was like champion stuff. And so I'm really happy for him that NWA, who's got this big resurgence over the last couple of years now that he's able to be a part of it. And so I think he's earned that opportunity to be a commentator. And so it's like, like I said, I don't know how much wrestling wants to do left, but this is a way to kind of keep them under the NWA brand more, more power to him. Um, but yeah, at one point they had uh, Taryn Terrell used to be a uh, TNA. Oh, yeah. Right, she was the uh, during the Thunder Rosa Camille match. She, he, which I forgot, she is uh, uh, Drew McIntyre's ex-wife. Because I was like looking up and I was like trying to remember, you know, who was she? Because it's been, I think it's like six years since she's wrestled. And I looked it up and it's, yeah, it said uh, Wikipedia Drew Galloway 2010 2011. I was like Drew McIntyre. Oh yeah, that's right, that's his ex-wife. So she joined a commentary with the. Uh, were people in NWA, especially some wives. It's kind of interesting, but uh, you know, like it's uh, yeah, that's I I, I totally forgot. I'm like, who is this girl? I I didn't rem- I don't remember her. And then all of a sudden, it kind of clicked, and I remember she was on Impact, and of course WWE did some Impact stuff, and she got yeah. pregnant. She had to like take a step back, right? And then I think yeah, I I, I I was skimming real quick, but yeah, I think she was at the Dollhouse in TNA or something. Uh, uh Richard, you know, also from In the Click, uh, he's a big fan of her. So when I told him that she was there, he was like, Oh, he got all excited. Uh but I just uh you know, her commentary was oh not that good. <laughs> I mean it, it, she was sitting there and she was trying to give her two cents during the Thunder Rosa Camille match, and I was like, Oh, I just just not that strong. So I don't know. If she's gonna start wrestling again, maybe for the NWA or try to do some commentary. I don't know. I Sounds I just like she'll be wrestling for sure, and she'll be one of their feature women on the sh- on the roster. So, which is fine. Hey, if you want to get back in the ring? Cool. Just keep her away from the commentary table. That's all I'll say. Uh, but yeah, Austin Idol, uh, the promo he did and stuff. I thought that was fun. And yeah, you're right. During the main event. I, I enjoyed him on on the main event, you know, doing the uh, as a third man speaking. But yeah, I felt like he kind of cut off Tim Storm a lot. And even Tim Storm, Tim Storm, a couple times, I think he was trying to give like a thought, but then he would just stop mid sentence. So I'm sure for Tim Storm, he just needs some more repetition, just get some more uh, opportunity. So I'm excited to see what Tim Storm can grow into as a fun baby face color commentator for them. Um, so yeah, the opening match it was that four way match, Slice Boogie taking on Crimson. Jack Stain and Jordan Clearwater, and you brought up something on Twitter that Tommy and I were actually talking about. Uh, you thought it should have been a, a tag match, right? Well, yeah, because Jack Stain and Crimson are, are a regular tag team. They do like a Rogue Warrior gimmick. I think Animal kind of yeah, out. yeah, yeah. You know, give them their blessing not to be the Rogue Warrior, but Rogue Warrior S team. And it was kind of like, why well, have a random four way when you just easily do a tag team match, right? Mm-hmm. And and I guess they they made, made at least they made it a reason for it. They said a future shot at a championship. What championship? I don't know. They didn't really specific <laughs> that. Um, and I also thought like it was just a cold four way match. Um, you know, they had I don't know how far in advance they had to produce the show, mm-hmm. but they had. Some, I assume they had some time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, film some stuff. Film a little forty five second uh, vignette on who these guys are and. You know, a little, you know, you know, talk about Jack Stane talk about being a former NBA world champion mm-hmm. and cetera, you know, and, you know, I'm in there my par- against my partner, but I'm, you know, I'm doing this for a future opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And even when Slice Boogie won, um, which was a surprise win, yeah. right? I didn't think. Yeah. Um, they should have had an interview with him right after that match as a, you know, just can't get over personality and stuff. I did, they interviewed him for power the next on their television show, but like, you gotta you gotta strike then. Like who who is this guy? Why is it such a big deal that he won this match? You know, he came out of nowhere. No one really knows who Slice Boogie is. I know he is because he's from Southern California and he was trained by Santino Brothers, a good school. And you know, I you know, he actually came up from one of the APW shows a long time as a just a drive up to get on a show. We didn't have a spot for him, but he wanted to show face, you know, and that was cool. Wow. And he had ring and everything. He's a good kid. You know, awesome. and he's and that's really him. He's from New York, and that's his. He's that's not a gimmick. That's him. Yeah. So you know, I you know, and we saw on we saw on Power. He has a good 
good personality, great voice, that great thick New York accent. Mm-hmm. Like showcase it here on the pay per view. I think more people would probably tune into pay per view than it would power, honestly. So yeah, Likewise. no, uh, we, we uh, saw him at West Coast Pro Wrestling uh, not too long ago. Um, and he comes out, yeah, with the New York Mets colors, so the orange and blue, so obviously representing New York where he's from. So, no, I was shocked, too, that he got the win. Uh, good for him, and if this is, if he's going to be one of the new young t- talents, because that's the thing, uh, NWA is something we've been talking about in previous episodes as far as, okay, a lot of their big-name talent have moved on, signed AEW, NXT, wherever, and so they got to restock their roster now, sure, there's a lot of talented independent wrestlers out there. I mean, a lot of them are probably unknowns to the masses. But, hey, that that's who you can tap into. Just restock your roster and create some new stars. And so when Slice Boogie was announced, I'm like, okay, awesome. So if he's one of the new young signings for them, I'm happy for him. Because in that way, this could be a great opportunity for him to show his stuff and grow and build up his own brand. So... Uh, I was super happy. Uh, next up was Tyrus taking on JR Kratos. Uh, your boy Kratos, obviously, dude, I mean, anyone who lives in Northern California knows how dominant he's been, uh, has been for years in the Northern California wrestling scene. Former, uh, APW Universal Champion. Uh, he's done it all. I mean, <laughs> like, you can't go to an APW show without Kratos being on the card. I felt like for years. So he, he so awesome that he's just getting in the last couple of years, his stock has risen between the tour he did in with all Japan, the stuff he's been doing with new Japan on strong. If I remember correctly, um, um, what half of the NWA tag titles now, most recently and primetime live. Um, but this match, Tyrus, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I know Miss Funkasaurus in WWE back in the day, and I know he does stuff for Fox News now. I don't keep track too much of him. I just looked on Twitter, and a lot of people didn't care for him, and I guess there's some allegations and some other stuff. I didn't research much of it, but he has some some baggage right now. Um, so it's kind of unfortunate that I felt like people were not paying attention to this match because of Tyrus. And I was watching, obviously, for Kratos. But yeah, what did you think about the match itself? Well, that's one of the reasons why I decided to watch this, is to support, you know, J.R. Kratos in mm-hmm. this match. Um, I saw the booking of it, and I kind of knew who was going over right away when I saw it, you know. And <laughs> yeah. Tyrus to go over. And it was one of those matches when it's over, you kind of think, like, you know what? The wrong guy, the, the wrong guy won, you know. I, I get what they're, I get why they booked it. And here's what I would done. What I would have done if you want to put Tyrus in the card and Jared on the card, just book two quick squash matches, or you mm. know, you have Tyrus go out there. He had a he was the heel of the match, right? He was the heel. He came out there. He's upset that no one's interviewing him. No one's yeah. talking to him. Like, yeah. they could have had that on the show. Like Tyrus is going to make an appearance, and he kind of like, hey. No one's interviewing me. No one's told me what to do. I'm going to go out there and smash someone. He just smashes someone later tonight or something like that. Mm-hmm. You just beat someone, you know, someone else in the card. Keep it keep it simple. And I thought JR did a tremendous job in this match, really really making Tyrus stuff look good. Tyrus is just like a huge guy, slow moving, you know. JR, I think, has been on a roll just like yeah. with his work. He just had like one of the best ma- – I think I honestly think his best match of his career – versus Fred Rosser at New Japan Strong recently. It's a, it was a hell of a main event. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it's good that NWA has these former names, former guys that have been on national television and WWE, Impact, etc. But, like, you got to fit filter in some of these newer guys that don't, you know, that you can build up and can build credibility on these. You use their, other these, these stars' credibility to build these guys up, you mm-hmm. know? And... You know, I, after I watched Power, I really got frustrated with what they've been doing with JR. But we'll talk about that yeah. shortly. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, here he was, the baby face in this match with Tyrus, fighting from beneath, from behind, the whole, underneath the whole time. Yeah. And he had some kind of arm injury, which at first I thought maybe he did have an arm injury because but that was a story. But apparently on the Power, it seemed to be okay. So I don't know if he may hurt it in Power. I don't know when they how they taped the sequence of shows, but either I way. I think from what... I think they did NWA, the pay-per-view live on Sunday, 
And then I think they filmed everything else on Monday because on power, even though it's Tuesday, they kept saying yesterday, this yesterday, that and I'm like, <laughs> it was just yeah. foreshadowing. Oh yeah. It's obviously you guys are taping power the next day after the pay-per-view. Cause you kept saying yesterday, not this past Sunday or two days ago. After, after what I saw on power, I could see they have some plan for JR. So not yeah. they're just there to get, you know, be a whooping boy or anything like that. But like, I just would have gone a different route with him, and I'll explain that when we talk about okay. power. Um, and, and yeah, Tyra's just moving really slow. I thought he looked kind of gassed pretty early on. So I was like, he's probably not wrestling regularly. I mean, a lot of these guys aren't wrestling yeah. regularly. So, you know, a lot of, you know, the ring, mm-hmm. ring rust there, the ring cardio's not there for these guys yet, but, you know, they'll get there. We'll, you know, most of them get there, and then, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, next up was the uh, World Television Championship match. Uh, the Pope taking on Tom Latimer uh, from uh, Strictly Business, Nick Aldis's faction. Uh, it was a draw. Uh, went the full 10 minutes and five seconds, the time limit. Um, you know, good match. I mean, these are two guys who've been on NWA um, back on when NWA Power first debuted. So they've been kind of the OGs of this current incarnation. Uh, I enjoyed this match. I mean, Tom Latimer, I'm curious if this guy could eventually be like a, a heavyweight champion for them at some point. Uh, I mean, the Pope, he's such a great talker. Um, you know, when he came to NWA originally, he was kind of like a manager. But so then he transitioned back into the ring. So it was like, it's interesting. And he got the, the title of Zicky Dice from Primetime Live last year. So it, it, it's, uh, I'm like, okay, I guess he's going to be doing the wrestling thing. Maybe the manager thing could be something down the road again, but, um, good back and forth match. I mean, just, you know, these are more the, the pros on the roster. So I enjoyed, you know, the, the match they put on here. Yeah, it was a good match. Um, once they announced the, the TV title 605 time limit was changed to 1005. I knew it was going Broadway again. I just knew it was going. <laughs> way to kind of get that over uh, but it was a good you know professional match i like tom latimer i think it's, obviously has a great look mm-hmm. I think he's, he's a good worker so um i liked what i saw and pope looked good too as well so yeah and then uh next up uh, uh a women's match uh to determine the number one contender for the world women's championship uh currently held by serena deeb uh camille taking on thunder rosa and thunder rosa what a week she's had i mean the the brutal uh main event that she had with uh, Britt baker last week on dynamite the non-sanctioned match and so she took on camille here i was kind of hoping the commentary were going to sell that more like she's coming off this brutal beatdown, thumbtacks and cut open, busted open. And, you know, is she at fully 100% for this match? It didn't really se- sell that, I thought. And because on paper, you're like, okay, Thunder Rosa, she's been one of the top women wrestlers in the last year, especially in the pandemic. She's been really thriving under AEW. Camille hasn't wrestled at a hall, even though she's the big, you know, just from a look wise, the big monster. Um, you would think Thunder Rosa would have the advantage, um, but I think to sell Camille, the fact that you know she is still very green in the ring, her one advantage is she's you know healthy right now, and Thunder Rosa is beaten up after the match just a few days prior with Britt Baker, so they didn't really sell that. And then this match went really long too, and Thunder Rosa, to her credit, I thought she was selling her ass off for Camille. Um, but there was, I felt like a lot of talking. You can see them like talking back and forth a lot, you know, calling their spots out. Uh, I don't know about yourself. I mean, I, I, I just thought it went way too long and I was surprised to see Camille pick up the victory though. No, I, everything you said, I agree with. Um, I thought the same thing, you know, they just had this match on television, um, uh, between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, this, this, you know, brutal match, you know, Thunder Rosa comes out. As normal as can be, no, no tape, no ribs tape, no nothing, no, just no, just nothing. She's not, not they may mentioned it on commentary, but don't they didn't really sell it. And this could have been a story of the match that you, you like you said they could have played off where you know Thunder Rosa, you know she has the more experience and has been on this role that she's hurt and you know has to fight from behind now. And this could have been a way to shorten this matchup because some Camille, great look, uh, has a great presence in the ring. It's really green, and you do not want her going too long. And they did. Yeah. And it exposed her. And at one point, the match started off okay. You know, like I said, they I thought, they're okay, they're really doing a smart thing. They're protecting Camille here. It's going to be a shorter match. No, it goes to the floor. 
and they fight on the floor for it seems like forever. That poor referee was buried. I mean, he didn't even sit. He's like, I wonder, he just gets out of the ring and says, I'm just not going to count anymore because no one's breaking counts. It's really, this was, I, I think, the weakest match on the show because it was just poorly worked, you know, mm-hmm. as kept falling apart. Not, it wasn't horrible. I don't want to say falling apart, but I was saying it was just, just wasn't worked well. And, and, you know, Camille, like I said, keep it short. How they could this could have been such an easy story to sell with that injury that she suffered from that match. I don't know why they didn't just play. And plus, it protects Thunder Rosa and gives Thunder Rosa a reason. Like, hey, you know, well, Camille beats Serena for the title, and now Thunder Rosa's going back for it. Now she's 100%. And yeah. that's a whole different story with Camille. But whatever. I mean, just, I hear. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It was just like they could have just sold. Like, at the everyone knows what Thunder Rosa did. Three day, four days prior to that match, it's like she was like on a main event of a nationally televised wrestling show, AEW on TNT. Everyone knows she went to hell and back with Britt Baker, thumbtacks, and, and and went through tables and just all the stuff that happened. We know, yeah, it's like in this match was filmed after you could easily, yes, yeah, you know, taped her up like you said and just really sell the fact that she's not hundred percent, but she had her commitment and wanted to be there for the NWA, the first pay-per-view back. And yeah, they could have done a lot more for the dramatics and then Camille could easily, yeah, use that to her advantage. But I mean, hopefully maybe they'll dress it down the road again. Uh, and then next up, uh, I know probably not. I mean, yeah. And that's, um, uh, NWA national championship match, or as May Valentine likes to call it, the national worldwide national championship, the NWA worldwide national championship. I, I, John, I know I texted you that earlier. I seriously was watching this. And so they were doing the backstage interviews and Trevor Murdoch, May Valentine was interviewing him and says, yeah, you're getting ready to defend your worldwide national championship. I was like, I looked at my brother worldwide national championship. wait, that's two different things. Worldwide, like world's heavyweight champion and national champ. That's two different realms that a championship could be. You could be the champion of territory. I'm so, I, <laughs> May Valentine, I've heard a lot of great things. I heard she's very nice. People I know that worked with her. She's very nice. Cool. Just the backstage commentary stuff, at least for this pay-per-view, not that well, not very smooth. Um, Like I said, I don't want to bag on anyone. I just... It, you know, it, listen, I, I know I'm not perfect with, you know, with things I do. And li- I, 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 I don't, don't sure you I mean, she didn't have a good night. She didn't have yeah, a good night. Yeah. I'll yeah. Say, I mean, she's green. Yeah. I don't, it takes I practice. It takes practice on this show. I guess it's, it's more of a limited audience. You can try some things out. Yeah. Give her a shot. So, but yeah, I mean, she was extremely nervous. You could tell. Yeah. Right? And I even at one point, I think they said, OK, go. And she's like still staring right into the camera. <laughs> yes. You know, the, there was I was going to say there was some production and audio issues throughout this show as well. Even the beginning uh, when they started the show and they had the music blasting and Joe Galley's talking, you could barely hear him like like the levels were off and there's some of the camera cutaways and stuff. It wasn't a perfect executed show. I will say that, um, you know, Rust. You know, for everyone from the wrestlers to the co- to the production team and stuff, I get that. May Valentine, like I said, I I I like I I want her to succeed. I want her to do well. I just felt it, it was an off night for her. I hope she gets better. Practice, work on your craft. As someone who's been in the broadcast industry for a long time, I know it just takes time and practice, and you know having right teachers and mentors around you. So I want her to succeed. So I'll just say that. So uh, was this film live? Was it I, I think so, because remember at the very end when they did the uh, the tribute to Question Mark, like they cut. Well, I don't know. See, I watched it live. They cut away as mm-hmm. if the show was over, and then they cut back to everyone in the ring. Oh, so okay. like Nick Aldis won and was standing there, and they cut away, and then they came back for everyone in the ring to celebrate and do the the Question Mark stuff. So I don't so- know. It had to be live. Maybe not put her not put her in this position to do a live backstage interview, and just kind of film something to where she could take multiple takes and everything. You can, yeah, you can 
you know, cut it up. So but. yeah, yeah. But uh, the match itself, Trevor Murdoch uh, defending against Chris Adonis, aka Chris Masters of WWE fame. Uh, I really enjoyed this match. I mean, it's it's two polar opposites body wise. You know, Chris Adonis, he's definitely uh, um, uh, 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 Paul Orndorff esque. You know, just the big muscular dude and uh even like like sluger in the 90s just you know focus on just the, his body and trevor murdoch dude just a country boy with a belly i mean he looks like me in the ring <laughs> you know if i had no shirt on say in the ring i love trevor murdoch in that sense uh but this was a good match even trevor murdoch jumping off the rope and you know just landing the beautiful that was a beautiful flying crossbody it was great so i had a lot of fun with this match it's better than some little guys do it. Like he had, <laughs> he had uh, this was Roland Alexander, the uh, old, the owner, the former owner of APW, and and um, you know, the APW Bootcamp Training Center would like, he would tell the guys, I want that arch, that arc on that flying crossbody, and like big, you know, big Trevor Murdoch got that arch. I was like, dude, Roland would love that, you know. And this was, in my opinion, the the best match so far of the night. Yeah. It was really well done. There's only one part that just drove me nuts, and I don't. <laughs> all the guy about this but like when trevor murdoch uh gave chris adonis the side russian leg sweep mm-hmm. you know what one of the things that just my pet peeves is like when a guy like fixes his hair and, and adjusts his knee pad like you just took a move and you're fixing your hair and adjusting a knee pad like that stuff just just tries to be insane you know like uh but other than that little small detail and i don't know why i was even pointing it out but i am like <laughs> The match was was overall a solid professional wrestling match. Yeah, you know? I don't know where Trevor Murder got that big long cut on his back. Did you see that? Um, no, I gotta look at that again. Look at the look on photos yeah. or something. I noticed that. And they said he was uh, injured or something like that for the power show, right? So, is it what? I'll have to I have to double check on that. I, I, mean, was, I think he might have been scheduled for that main event power, but that's what Pope took that spot. Oh. Oh, okay. I hope he's okay. About in their opening interview that Murdoch was at the hospital, but I mean, I didn't see any, like major injury, but yeah, that was a long cut on his back for. I don't remember them going on the outside or anything. So, oh wow. Well, I mean, Trevor Murdoch picked up the victory, so um, I wonder if Chris Adonis is going to be with NWA for a while. I mean, I think that'd be a good get for the NWA as far as restacking the roster. Someone who has WWE experience as well. Uh, I know he's been doing the indie thing for years since leaving WWE. I mean, he did some stuff in Impact and Global Force. So I, I think with APW, we booked him many times for APW. Funny guy, great guy. Chris Adonis, like personality outside the ring to like in the ring is like totally different. You know, like really, he's just a funny dude. Like just total. <laughs> like he, <laughs> I remember one time he was just like talking west coast he's just i don't know just a funny guy but yeah, i like yeah. i like I like chris Don. He's, he's, he's a he's a good worker good talent and always a great professional with us awesome that's great and then uh main event time for the nwa world heavyweight championship nick all is taking on aaron stevens this match was partly in tribute um in honor of the question mark aka josephus uh, aka joseph hudson who if you watch NWA for years, you know, he's been a part of that show, the brand for a long time. So Aaron Stevens, who was working with him when he was a question mark, um, you know, obviously was a real life friend with him, wanted to pay tribute and have this match against Nick Aldis. Um, this match went almost a full 22 minutes. I really enjoyed it. My brother really enjoyed it. just, it was a great, just basic wrestling match. Um, just jumping ahead to the end, uh, my brother really enjoyed that Aaron Stevens had you know put his submission hold on Nick Aldis, but Nick didn't submit, and then Nick Aldis did his um, the Texas Cloverleaf uh, submission. Aaron Stevens didn't um, submit as well, uh, uh, and they eventually went outside the ring. And the struggle, the dramatic of trying to get back into the ring to fight back in. Uh, and then the match ultimately ended in a rolled up. So my brother liked that. It's like an old school match where it's like both guys give the other guy their submission. Neither one of them tap out, fight their way from the uh, from the floor back in. And then it's ultimately just a quick roll up. So he just liked that, that form of storytelling. It's like you had to, it's a desperate move. You got to do a roll because obviously your submission move is not going to work for this particular match. So he really enjoyed that storytelling of it. How about you with, with this main event? 
Yeah, this match was, I mean, this was the ended up being the best match of the night. It was uh, really a great story they told in the ring. Um, but with, yeah, you had two professional wrestlers telling a really good professional wrestling story, like in the ring. I mean, that's, I think, a strength of the NWA. They have guys that, like I said, have done national television, that's, has experience on the road, worked with countless people, from, and they have the experience level to give these professional quality matches. Um, yeah, I, I like this match. It felt like it felt like a throwback match. Yeah, a match I kind of like want to see back with more, you know. And you know, like I hope a lot of young guys would watch this match and like you see Aaron Stevens selling and and Nick Aldis giving time to sell. Like a lot of guys don't give you guys this time to sell what they just did to them. They're already on and to do another move. Like you know, you got to get these moves over and give the guys something, you know, sell it. And he's so you know, Aaron Stevens is really good. Um, all this is good. He's, he, he plays that champion champion role really well and carries himself as champion. Um, I, the, the finish was interesting because um, uh, Aaron Stevens hit some. I don't know if it was a DT or some kind of move, an arm breaker move. I don't know what it was, but like all mm-hmm. this quickly popped up. And like this is the only time I didn't see him really do like you know sell up, you know slowly. He kind of like popped up and he looked at the referee and I think he told the referee, okay, it's time to go home. And then that's when they, they went home. And, and <laughs> so I think that's where, I think that's where they were at. Uh, but, um, but I, I, I enjoyed the story. And of course the emotional part of the story with, you know, the recent past of Josephus is, you know, that was, you know, I got a little misty eyed, you know, seeing his, I think it was his wife, right. That was out there. Yeah. With flag. the the flag. Yeah. 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 I think so. Oh, so, um, you know, I mean, Gosh, he's shit. He's forty three. I'm forty three. You know, like it's just yeah. uh, it's sad. And he was. I like. I like. I like Josephus as a as a worker. I mean, I didn't really get the. I, I didn't really watch NW Power with the question mark stuff. I heard that was very popular. People, you know, people loved it. But karate. I, yeah, as like the Bruiser Brody. He had the Bruiser Brody look, but he yeah. was he was a little different than Bruiser Brody in, in his at least his ring work. So it was more like a cult leader. Yeah. Um. As far as what I remember on the Ten Pound of Gold series, uh, the Josephus character—he was more like a cult leader. He would have the long hair, but he had like, you know, his followers, and he had like the white outfit. Um, let's see, I think that was when he was going up against Tim Storm, and they had that uh, empty arena match, if I yeah. remember correctly. I mean, this is a few years ago now, but yeah, he was that, very much like a. That's what I watched of him on the NWA Power stuff. Yeah, so it was like he was like a cult leader. So he, he was just like the, the long hair was just part of just the more of the that look for that part of it. Not so much like a Bruiser Brody esque person, even though he did play Bruiser Brody on Dark Side of the Ring. He was the actor, and he uh, did he did have that look before NWA Power. He had like yeah. the vest and the boots and stuff, you know. But but I liked him. I like shoot me. How many guys that size are out there? We got a bunch of little guys running around mm-hmm. doing flips like. Nice to see a big dude of you know six foot something and you know almost three hundred pounds and you know it's like nice to change it up a little bit here and um, you know his hair was growing back out because he uh, he lost in a match right. to I think David Arquette I think it was at the NWA seventy show or something but he had to shave it all off and so yeah it's been growing back out so that's why when he came back uh, it was shorter compared to his long hair days so there's just a little backstory there. Um, no, but the, the, this match was great. And then afterwards, they had the tribute. They all got in the ring and just paid tribute. And Aaron Stevens, obviously dedicated to his son, uh, Joseph Hudson's son, had a great promo before the match. Just the emotion there. Even Nick Aldis, the promo he did. So it's a great show. I mean, you know, if, if you have time to watch the replay on Fight TV, I highly recommend it. Um, it's just good old wrestling. That you know, it is what it is. I really enjoy this. I'm looking forward to what more they can do. I'm glad that they're back. Even though now NWA Power, which we'll touch on real quick here, back on Tuesday. So it's like another wrestling show on Tuesday to to talk about and look forward to. So if it's already a stacked card already for the week of wrestling, there's so much there. But uh, so, yeah, NWA Power, the first episode of this new incarnation was uh, back. The new season, I guess you want to call it that, was uh, this Tuesday today on Fight TV. And so I was kind of curious when they announced the Fight TV deal. I was like. How's this going to work? So we're so used to YouTube where it was just up there on YouTube and you just watch it. Uh, so with Fight TV, so I just did a little investigation like 30 minutes before the show started. So you subscribe to NWA Power on Fight TV. It's $4.99 a month. You get access to the shows each episode when they air. And I was like, oh, $4.99 a month. So five bucks a month. So I have to do one episode a week for a month. That's like $1.25 an episode. I was like, that's not bad. I'll, I'll do that. So, Tom, so- you can 
owe you two fifty a month. Yeah, exactly. It's like hey, Tommy, it's no, no, one less rock star energy drink. Just give me that two dollars and fifty cents. And my brother doesn't drink coffee. He drinks rock stars like at noon. So right, like, wait a minute, this deal sucks. I have my. I need my rock I much rather watch professional wrestling. Then the damn energy drink. You gotta stop that. We gotta support Nick all this, not yeah. Rockstar. So that's uh, what makes him such a great cook, baby. That's why he just he's hopped up on rock stars. He just like way yeah. Dude, I mean, I, like, listen, my, my body size, I mean, you know, my physique, I thank Tommy, hence why I was able to get my vaccine shot and everything. But so um, you're when the pandemic ends, I gotta go to the baby Huey's house for a pay per view watch because oh, there's gonna be good eats. Dude, I uh uh, not to go off subject, but you know, before the pandemic, when we had the Super Bowl, we had a bunch of our family come over, and Tommy, oh my God, he makes these spicy Korean barbecue wings. Oh, I I love them. When he, his chick, his personal chicken wings, where he takes the time and flowers and bakes them and uh, uh, oil, you know, all that's oh so good. All so, right, I'm getting after this is over. I'm getting my keys. Tell him to start working on because I gotta pick up a. Pick up a twelve-piece uh, wing, dude. It, it, it's better than a uh, 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 wing stop. Everything. I oh, just, I personally. Perfect. 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 <laughs> so, uh, and that's the thing. We're almost you know, be vaccinated soon. We all can hang out again and all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, NWA Power back. I love the intro. They went back to Dawkins into the fire because <laughs> they did that, and then they switched to Pantera for uh, a couple months. I love Pantera. I grew up loving Pantera, but. The docking into the don't fire. Mess, don't mess with that theme. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so the show started. Tim Storm, Joe Galley back on commentary. And then Velvet Sky was sitting there. I was like, Velvet Sky from TNA? Like, what? How'd this happen? <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, let's just talk about it. I, okay. Velvet Sky, I, I listen. <laughs> I, I always enjoyed her work, um, but her commentary tonight, she was just very low energy monotone. I don't know what, what was what was up with her. Like, like during the pandemic, for she was doing a S- ASMR videos of like, <laughs> relaxation. <laughs> That's what I felt like when she was every time she talked. Yeah, you're gonna relax and take a deep breath. <laughs> I was like, okay, Velvet, please talk to me. Talk to me. Well, that's the thing. It's like uh, the one match. She's like, yes, I know about that move. I've done that move before. Is there <laughs> a 900 number I called? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like like I said, I'm a big fan of Velvet Sky. And I know she's like, I don't know if she, I mean, she is with, with Bully Ray or Bubba, Ray, Bubba Dudley, whatever you want to call him by. I know they're, they've been a couple for a long time. But uh, so I want to be careful to say I don't want them to come hunt me down or anything. But uh, but no, but it's like it's the way she was talking. It's like. Yes, I remember that move. I'd done that move before. It hurts a lot. <laughs> like, or so, whatever she was saying, I was like, what is going on here? It's like, come on, Velvet, like, put some energy into it. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's not, she's retired officially. Yeah. Well, yeah wrestling, so. Yeah, well, no, yeah, nothing's forever, but I think she was like, like a trainer now or something. Like, I think last thing I saw on her Instagram or something, I think she was like a personal trainer or something. Oh, yeah, that's, I thought you meant wrestling trainer, but, um, yeah, personal trainer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, she could have been good for the backstage interview, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't know if they're just trying to get. I don't know. The goal is just to get a you know pretty girl on the show, or you know, or, I listen. I, 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 I three man booth guy. Just keep it galley and storm. It's that's, that's the formula. And every once in a while, you have a guest commentator that maybe is like you know like like Pope's gonna watch that three way match early that on that on the show. Yeah, future enterprise tea time. That makes sense there, but like but he jumped in. Yeah, I yeah. liked when he was there. He, I mean, he has he he did commentary for TNA for years. So I think after Taz was gone, so or before whatever it was, but um, yeah, I, I my only guess is you know some people that they have on this roster working commentary or backstage or in, you know maybe they have a big social media following and that helps promote the show as well so from a business marketing standpoint that's the only thing i could think of maybe you know velvet sky she can like tweet out or post on instagram updates from nwa and that helps the brand out i don't know i mean like i said i i will anyone that's on tv or on this show i want them to succeed so i i want them to get better it's just 
you know, if I was like a producer or something behind the scenes there, I would say, hey, Velvet, okay, you did a great job with this, but here, let's let's pick up your energy here. Like, give her some more direction. Maybe that's what she needs. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe that's her first time. I mean, I'm sure she's done, like, I don't know if she's done commentary before, or maybe I'm sure she's done a guest, like you know, guest spot, like you know, I don't know, impact show here and there. She's probably had to go to the booth and did you know commentary yeah, on a yeah. match. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a whole show yet. So like like I'm sure she'll you know hopefully she'll improve and grow into it. Yeah, and then uh, so opening match, uh, Camille, uh, kind of a squash match, taking on uh, Alex uh, Gracia, who Gracia, I guess yeah, yeah was uh, uh, I guess brought over from Thunder Rosa. I guess Thunder Rosa trainer or works with her. Um, so that's cool that Thunder Rosa trying to be like a moolah and booking women talent for shows. <laughs> so I think she brought no, because I think she did bring some people to AEW. I think that one girl went Rink- what's her name Renkowski. Yeah. Think? the tournament so i mean after that after rinkowski's performance in the aw women's tournament i probably wouldn't take a recommendation for thunder rose again but uh <laughs> but this match was like you said a squash match uh poor uh alex well not poor her is her fault you saw the bloody nose right yeah uh, you know where that was from no i i just noticed i was like whoa she's bleeding so camille had her in the torture rack yeah and he lifted her up overhead pressed her and slammed her down in front of her she went straight down she didn't turn her head so she went right down on her nose bink whoa that, okay because i'm like where'd that come from i kept rewinding it to kind of see and there it was boom and then i'm like rewatching. it i was like oh shoot man i don't know why she didn't turn her head maybe it was too fast maybe camille was too fast with it didn't like give her some time she, to kind of yeah because tommy and i were watching and it was like she did the torch track and i think she did like three thrusts whatever you want to call it um I think I know where it happened now. Now, yeah, so three. That's on the third thrust, she threw her down. Yeah, and I think maybe Alex was trying to think. Oh, she's gonna lift me up and go down. And it was like it was like up and down fast. So it was quick. Um, but technically, well, here's the thing: isn't technically the torture rack a submission hold? Right. I mean, like my brother was like, shouldn't the ref be kind of counting or checking? Like, I just she was just shaking her, and then she just threw her, and I thought. You know, I remember like when Lex Luger would do it, uh, you know, it was always like the person would quit and submit right there. So that's why I was kind of like, OK, she just did like she shook her like three times and then quickly flung her over her head. I was like, oh, so I don't know. I was just kind of like I'm used to Lex Luger. He's the standard of a torture rack. She should have been. She still. Gracias should have still turned her face. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. And then uh, so Camille booked strong and. Uh, it looks like, yeah, they're starting to build up for potentially her and Serena Deeb. Second spear, unnecessary, I right? would say. Why? Like, there's no there's no need to have the girls, and, and this poor girl, she's totally green. You know, they're both green, but, like, Rossi's so green, like, she sells up for this second spear, and it's, like, so, she's so, just so green. She's not, she's just standing up straight, like, right away, instead of, like, slowly, it's just, yeah, like crap. Just one. The first one looked good. She went home with that one. Yeah, Tim Storm said like, "Oh, she had to do a second one to really solidify." Like, I, like Tim Storm tried to cover it up a little bit, if I remember like, correctly. Make a statement. She just beat a job girl. We don't <laughs> even know, but, you know, unless you're you know watch AEW Dark. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Camille. I guess yeah, they'll start playing up her and Serena Deeb at some point. Uh, Austin Idol comes out, introduced Tyrus as his new client. So I'm guessing, all right, is Austin Idol going to be a manager for NWA? Cool. All right. Tyrus, okay, I guess. That's cool. So they just cut a promo. But um, I think it was, no, Idol on the pay-per-view, when he first came to the table, his promo was like really long-winded, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So that so that was still in my head. So when he came out today, I was kind of like, how long is this going to be? But then luckily, Tyrus grabbed the microphone, said some stuff as well, and then they left. And, and then we saw the commercial for Idol's Wrestling School as well in South Carolina. I was like, great. <laughs> well, then we realized, well, we, now we know why they put these two together. Because even though, you know, uh, Tyrus, he's, you know, he's speaks well on the fox show i I assume so they wouldn't have him on there if he didn't yeah but like wrestling promo he needs a manager yeah and um this but here's the thing they could use this little this could have happened on the show on the pay-per-view and then announce on the pay-per-view tyrus makes his debut on nwa powers make sure you turn on tuesday to see it you know and then Mm. 
And JR could have beat some other guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then Trius on the show could have just squashed some poor dude. Yeah, I hear you. It's the little things like that. But uh, next up, uh, uh, a triple threat match. Uh, Matt Cross, of course, of uh, Lucha Underground fame. And uh, Marche, Rocket, and Fred Rosser, who uh, you were just talking about. Him and Kratos had a great match on New Japan Strong. And obviously, we know him as Darren Young, of course, in WWE fame. One half of the primetime players with Titus O'Neil. So, yeah, this match was uh, uh, number one contendership. uh, TV title for uh, that the Pope has, and the Pope was out there uh, on commentary, and uh, uh, this was a, it was a good match. I mean, Fred Rosser. After you told me about his great work recently, I was watching him. And yeah, he was do another solid performance from him. Rosser is is really good, and I was excited to see him on the show. I, did, I didn't know who's. Well, I don't know what matches they had until and I, I I didn't hear this name. I was actually watching it. Was was watching the kids, so I couldn't hear. All the commentary, mm-hmm. uh, and so he showed up. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, that's a that's a good pickup because his work has been so good. And he's probably always been good, but I just didn't notice because I barely saw him on WWE television. Mm-hmm. I wasn't watching the main events and stuff. So, but like his run in New Japan Strong has been like, I look forward to his matches on New Japan Strong. And then, like I said, anyone out there listening right now who has the NW, New Japan World and you know, you've watched Strong here and there. Make sure you check out Jr. Kratos and Fred Rosser. It's a, it's a hell of a pro wrestling match. And um, this three-way was good. Marsh, 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 Marseille Rocket. I guess he. I think it's yeah. He was from Impact. He did some Impact stuff. Mm, okay. 2017, I think he was. Um, big guy, six four, moved really well. Threw mm-hmm. a hell of a drop kick. Um, that's a nice investment, you know, like a, a guy like that. Mm-hmm like to see him get back to that impact look you know size and you know a little bit of the pandemic on him but you know a little pandemic weight we all kind of have that <laughs> um so i like to see him lean out i think he'd be a nice he's a nice you know a, not a well-known name that they can kind of groom make their own you know and mm-hmm. um you know there's a good match in, in roster one so you know good move Good for him. Yeah, totally. And then, uh, uh, next up, uh, Mike Perro taking on Jordan Clearwater. Jordan Clearwater was also in that fatal four way on pay per view. Um, one of the younger guys looks like part of the NWA roster now. My brother thought he looked like, um, the guy from CSI and, uh, NYPD Blue, uh, uh Caruso? yeah, um, <laughs> What's his name? David. Uh, David Caruso. Yeah, David hey. Caruso and Tommy. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, David Caruso. So Tommy tweeted that out, and and Jordan Clearwater liked the tweet. So I was like, okay, cool. So again, his head it looks like a buff. Um, uh, he was twenty something years old. He's probably not an owl. He's probably like, who the hell's David Caruso? And then for me, I was so when he told me that, I was like, Mike Perro. He looks like uh, Burt Kreischer, the comedian. So I was like, it's a uh, Burt Kreischer taking on David Caruso match. Perro, <sighs> I mean, this Perro's a he's a big guy. I haven't really been that impressed with him. I mean, I've seen this stuff in all Japan. He was mm. out there with God, what's his name, Orion or Sidian or something like that. They they were kind of booked like the Road Warriors out there, but it. I I, I it's just I don't see the aggressiveness out of him. I think he plays the part, but doesn't play it the best. I don't know. I wasn't. I never really impressed. Nothing really stuck out. Like oh, other than size, I didn't really see anything. that's like oh man, you know this guy, someone want to invest in. Yeah, I know he's also been doing work with MLW. I haven't had a chance to see his work there. I mean, yeah, it was you know big guy versus little guy type of match, and he ultimately picked up the victory, which makes sense because he is the veteran of in this match here. Um yeah, he was trying to do some power moves, but nothing was like, oh, my God, that was like a really awesome spot right there. Um, I guess, like what you say, like maybe another veteran for the roster, kind of a, a good role to have. So I'm like, OK, that's cool. Um, good for him. So um, next up, a segment that I was kind of just taken back on. I thought it was kind of didn't seem very planned out. Uh, so Thunder Rosa comes back out. She cuts a promo. And she just ultimately says she wants the NWA title back. Great. Melina comes back out, which I was surprised to see Melina because there were rumors that she was going to potentially resign with WWE. Looks like those plans fell through. I mean, I know her and I thought her contract expired last year with NWA. I don't know if she's back, resigned by date appearance. Who knows? Um, but she's talking to Thunder Rosa. And I felt like it was kind of an incoherent 
um, promo of like why she's out there and it took me a minute to figure it out. Um, and more or less, she just says, listen, I know we have history together. Um, before the pandemic, you know, they looked like they were going to have like a match against each other or, you know, they had like a, a falling out. I remember that. That's been a while now. Um, she has a lot of respect for Thunder Rosa as a Latina, you know, a female wrestler. Uh, what she's been doing as of late and done the roses a lot of respect for you, what you've done in the past and set the pay, the, the, the roadway for, uh, female Latina wrestlers as well. Uh, so Melina and Melina was like, like almost getting like teary high. And I was kind of like, what is going on? Like, like, why are you getting all teary high? It's not like, it's not that emotional, but she just says she wants to work with her again and like offers her her service. But Thunder Rosa declines. Which makes sense. She's been kicking ass by herself. She doesn't need Molina and all the drama they've had before on NWA Power Television. So I don't know about you. Was there anything else? I mean, I guess it's like it makes sense. She, I think, as a baby face, strong baby face, she's like, no, I don't need you. I can do my own thing. Yeah, I mean, I, this is like this is like you said, a, a weak segment. Um, I, I just thought like, okay, Molina's going to turn on her because mm-hmm. I'm sure. Melina's probably going to end up, hey, I have a tag match, I need a partner kind of deal, turn on her, or something like that. I'm guessing some kind, of, some way. I think he sets up something for the future with that. Because I used to, I think when Melina came in, like Thunder Rosa was her enforcer, right? That's how yes. Thunder Rosa started. And then she kind of broke out of that. So mm-hmm. um, I think uh, that's, that's what's going to happen. I think she's she's plotting her revenge and she's trying to give uh, Thunder Rosa a. Uh, uh, you know, just kind of like keeping her on her, you know, just kind of going to trick her and, and take advantage. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And then, uh, main event time, uh, uh, six man tag. So we have Nick Aldis, Tom Latimer from Strictly Business, and they added Chris Adonis to help fill out their team. Uh, taking on JR Kratos, Aaron Stevens, you know, so they are the current NWA tag champions. So they could see them walk out the, the, their titles and the Pope <laughs> filled out their team. Um, you know, a good match overall, you know, again, all those guys out on the, on the card for this show. Um, Aaron Stevens, so between his promo, his match on the pay-per-view, what he did here, it almost looks like he's beginning this babyface turn. And jumping ahead to the finish here, um, Kratos wanted to use a chair. Uh, I believe it was Adonis in the ring, uh, or someone was in the ring, and he was getting ready to use it. Aaron came from behind, grabbed the chair, and says, no, we're not going to use a chair. We're not going to do it like that. And Kratos was like, what? What are you talking about? Getting frustrated. And then uh, Chris Adonis, I think, got the roll up on Kratos, and Kratos ate, ate the pin, and therefore uh, uh, the the heels of this match, I guess, technically won. And so then uh, uh, Kratos was looking, I was like, "What the hell, man? Like, you know, I was trying to win with the chair shot," and he's like, "No, we're not going to do it like that." Got the NWA tag title handed to him, like, "Here's your half. This belongs to you." Like, let's go in the back and kind of you know figure things out. So you can tell there's tension building already of this makeshift tag team here. And so you and I were texting earlier. I assume maybe they're going to have a title defense soon. They're going to lose it. Kratos is going to get pissed and turn on Aaron Stevens. Aaron Stevens solidifies himself as a baby face. Kratos becomes a heel. I mean, that that seems like maybe the easy storyline here. But I don't know if your thoughts on uh, on the, the main event itself and then maybe this potential storyline that they're creating. I mean, on its own, it was a good it was a good match. I just was so confused because I just saw on the pay-per-view that Jared Kratos as a baby face is fighting from behind with this heel Tyrus who's been cheating the whole match and raking eyes and stuff. And now Kratos on this show is heel Kratos and upset with his partner for, you know, you know, getting his butt whipped. I just, it just didn't make sense to me. I don't, I think they already have enough heels in this promotion. You don't need another heel. I think, Kratos is a guy you could build to as a future contender to Nick Aldis. That would be something different than something, you know, fresh. Kratos should be booked as a babyface. They have enough heels on the roster, as I said earlier, and it's just really confusing. If you watch the pay-per-view before, you'll be confused here. And I thought this is a good opportunity to kind of build a contender for Nick Aldis, a new contender, someone fresh. JR, who's been doing great work on Injury Strong. You know, they could have had a match where, you know, when they, when they, when Kratos tagged him into Aldis, he's overpowering Aldis. Aldis, like, holy cow, this kid's, this kid is like, 
I don't want to mess with this kid. So he tags out, doesn't want to even mess with J.R. Kratos. And you could build to something that. You know what they also thought they missed the boat on? It's like, where is the follow-up promo by Aaron Stevens on this show? After that emotional loss to Nick Aldis, like, he could have been, you know, talking about, you know, he's he, he knows, even though he lost, he thinks he, you know, he did Josephus proud and his family proud and his son proud and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm going to get there. I'll get that championship with Holly again. But, you know, Nick Aldis, you know, taps Jr. on the shoulder. This is a guy you got you to gotta be worried about in the near future. You know, watch out for him. And then, you know, you played it off in the tag match where, you know, Aldis is like, I don't want to mess with that J.R. Chris guy and stand away. So, yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, that could be a great way, like a follow-up promo. Uh, Aaron Stevens can easily be like, yeah, it's like, you know, even though I lost, I hope, yeah, I, I did uh, Josephus right. And, you know, maybe I want to keep doing right by him. And maybe that kind of explains his motivation moving forward of trying to do the good thing. Hence why, well, Kratos using a chair shot. He's like, no, no, like, let's do the right way and win the right way. Um, so I can see that from a motivation standpoint, that makes sense. And yeah, and then maybe putting over J.R. Kratos and then Nick Aldis can be afraid of him. I love that idea there so um i would have got rid of all the chair nonsense and just had i mean it could they could have cheated to beat pope because latimer is wants that tv title so that could have been the finish there and so you know all this doesn't have to you know beat anyone and he doesn't have to get pinned to set up a future contender that can come down the line but just show just show in the beginning early on that all does not want to get in the ring with kratos he sees him as a threat because that power he can't handle that power with this, what Kratos has. And, you know, he sees him as a, as a future threat. So they could have told that story. And then, you know, that's, I, that's why I think they should have done. I, th- I think they, they're already, they're already heel heavy. They don't need another one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I'm uh, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to what can they do though and how to write the ship and all that stuff. So, um, overall, I enjoyed NWA power this week. A, a lot of fun. Great to see them back. I'm happy for them. And then, uh, yeah, looking forward to see what else they can do. Hopefully, maybe they get some more crossover. Maybe use some AEW people as well if they have that relationship going. Maybe Impact as well. So all that stuff. It's uh, I'm looking forward to all that and see what they can do. So uh, a lot more stuff we can talk about at a later time. And I know we're running a little bit long here. So uh, as always, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up. John, where can all the good people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at LaRockaJL, and I'm on the Fight Game podcast, Gary Gonzalez on the Blue Wire Network. And we also have a, um, a Patreon, the Fight Game Media Network Patreon. We have a lot of great shows, and uh, uh, like I said, one of my favorite shows on there is uh, uh, Prom- uh, Promise Thomas and Jer- uh, Johnny Jeter from WWE fame and mm-hmm. you know talking about old classic matches and giving their thoughts on it and breaking it down and it's, it's like wrestling school audio wrestling school for any young workers to really like I think it'd be a, it's a great investment to you know to hear those guys talk about and break down matches they they worked with a lot of great stars they were trained by the greats I mean they they know their shit so it's it's well worth well worth a, a young wrestler's time and even a fan's time that wants to learn about more about what goes on in Bettina's ropes. Yeah, that's awesome. Great stuff there. And uh, I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey 83. Of course, subscribe to In The Click on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on social media, in the click at gmail.com. Get the merch. So much more to talk about. Uh, uh, we'll get you on again, John, again, and, and cover just all, all the other good things coming up. And uh, we're on the road to WrestleMania. So uh, a lot of good times up ahead. So on that note, let's go home. And that's the bottom line because Huey said so.